Welcome to the Content 10X Podcast, the show where content creators learn how to harness the power of content repurposing. And now, your host, Amy Woods. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Content 10X Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Woods, and this week we have a great guest on the show. So actually a returning guest, which hasn't happened very often, so that says a lot. (laughs) Um, It's the king of membership sites, Mike Morrison. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I like that title. I, I want that on a badge somewhere, the king of memberships. I was playing around with that. I was, uh, it was various <laughs> things I was going to say. And then I decided, actually, when we were at Retain, you said the queen of content repurposing. And I yeah. think you're the king of membership sites. So there you go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so returning. So you were on episode 13 back in January 2018. So it's been a while. So I think you were you were due back. <laughs> wow, I hadn't realised it had been that long. I was thinking, like, oh, it only seems two minutes since I was last on the show. I like the fact that you're repurposing guests now. Like, that's, <laughs> that's the ultimate meta level of a repurposing podcast. You're repurposing all guests. Like, <laughs> only, only the, only the top only guests. The ones, um, only the good yeah, ones. Yeah, only the good ones. All so, just to, to to introduce you fully to my uh, to listeners, I'm sure most people are aware of you, Mike, but I'll, I'll let everyone know. So, Mike's the co-founder of the membership guys where he helps people through their memberships through e-learning businesses online communities along with um cali and you've got over 16 years so last episode was 15 years 16 years experience in digital marketing online business works with multinational brands and helped well the driving force behind lots of six and seven figure membership businesses and also Mike speaks on stages all over the world. So social media marketing, podcast movement. We were both at PodFest earlier this year. Youpreneur. Um, I think you, are you speaking at, there's a, is it Anne Hanley's event? I'm not anymore. Unfortunately, um, we had to change plans around that, but I'm at Atomicon. Ah, yes. Okay. Yeah. So all around the world and on your home turf over in Newcastle next year as well, which will be nice at Atomicon. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm I'm getting much lazier. The, as I as I'm getting older, the 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 distance that I'm travelling to, to speak at <laughs> events is is getting smaller. So yeah, my last two events have been literally 15 minutes from my house. It's awesome. Yeah, and, and that's a great lead on. So I was going to firstly say congratulations on Retain. It was an absolutely awesome event that you guys put on last month. And for um, anyone listening who hasn't is not familiar with Retain, would you like to just explain a bit about, you know, what that was, what the event was, how it went? It'd be great to hear. Absolutely. First of all, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, We've been blown away by the response to that. And of course, you were one of our fantastic Mm -hmm. speakers at that event. Your session was awesome. I've seen the feedback from it as well. Like there's some amazing feedback for your session. So yes, thank you for that. Um, Yeah. So Retain Live, it was a really, really specific, uh, specifically targeted event centered entirely around membership growth so it was an event for people with online membership businesses specifically ones who were already up and running and who were looking for um ways of of growing so we ran it over two days we had fantastic speakers yourself janet murray mark asquith andrew and pete diana tower jess lorimer chris ducker um we had uh jared and scott two very successful music membership owners i'm 
now panicking that I'll have missed somebody, but I think I may have got everybody. Um, so yeah, it was just two days of membership owners from all around the world, literally, uh, descended on my hometown to hang out and learn about how to grow their memberships. And it was the very first time we've run an event like that. And I, it went better than we could ever have imagined. And I'm still kind of in that that afterglow of, <laughs> of that whole event. It was so, so, so much fun. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to do it again. Oh, yeah, it was it was absolutely brilliant. And, um, you know, every aspect of it was fantastic. And I, I, I feel like because it was so niche or niche, <laughs> um, but so specific that um, there were so many wonderful conversations that were going on in every break and during lunch. And as you said, great speakers and you guys took care of every little detail it was it was just fantastic and I'm sure everyone was you know keen to know when the next one will be as well um mm. but what well, so I always have my repurposing hat and, and a keen <laughs> eye for repurposing and I really wanted to bring you back on the show to talk about um what you the surprise at the end of day one so at, at yes. the end of the first day you surprised everybody with um a book and no one knew that you were bringing this book out I didn't know and I feel like you tell me a lot of things <laughs> you didn't tell me so and and it was what was so wonderful about this book is I feel like it's a really like epic example of repurposing as well so can you just tell us a bit more about like you know the why and the how you created the book and and Mm. all of that well first of all the reason you didn't know about it and the reason nobody knew about it is we weren't 100% sure we'd we'd pull it off we didn't know that we'd get it done. And you've gone through this process now with your fantastic book that I can't wait to properly get my hands on. <laughs> you know, it's it's not an easy process. Even just the mechanics of pulling a book together, whether it's uh, written from scratch or whether it's um, based on repurposed material, there's so many things to do. So we didn't know that we'd be able to pull it off considering that we were organizing our very first conference. Um, during the time we were organizing the conference, we also rebranded our entire business from top to bottom. And we were also working on a software product that we also announced at the event in between, obviously running a, our membership as well. So we didn't know that it would happen. We just we had this we had the idea in our head that we would love to be able to bring the bring a book to the world at our event so our event wasn't set up to be a revenue generating thing we were doing this because we just thought it would be so much fun to bring together our people from our membership into one place and just watch the magic happen with all the brain power and the experience in the room um so we were entirely just focused on how can we make this event as awesome as possible. And the idea of having a completely surprise book launch, like as the the ending to day one, we just thought that would just be so cool. We'd seen Chris Ducker do it at Upreneur. It went down so well there. It stuck with me uh, as a really memorable moment. And I just dug the idea of being able to, um, to, to drop that bomb at the end of uh, day one. The problem was um, that we didn't want it just to be any old rubbish, right? <laughs> we we wanted it to be to be good. So yeah. how do you write how do you write a, a book that is worthy of you and your brand and your audience um, while you've got a million and one other things going on? The original hope was that we it would be a book we wrote entirely from scratch, yeah, like all original material. In fact, um, we started on that. 
we started writing it and about a third of the way in and, and my partner Callie, she um, was doing a lot of the heavy lifting on the initial drafting of the book and, and um, writing some of the initial chapters. We just realized there's no way, there was absolutely no way we could create our magnum opus uh, while everything else was going on. So, so we shelved that idea. And it just so happened around about the same time. So we have a, we've got two podcasts in our business. One is, is the main show. It's a bit like this show. There's a lot of tips and advice and every episode is really tactical and we have some great guests and stuff. But then our second show is called Behind the Membership. And it's, it's a one that entirely features conversations with membership site owners where we dig into their story. Um, it's, it's, really honest there's no fluff it's not a platform for people to blow their trumpets it's it's the highs the lows the dirt the wins the failures of um, running a membership mm-hmm. and we knew that that was real powerful stuff it's a seasonal show um so it doesn't get quite as big a push or as much exposure as a regular show because it's sporadic right um so we knew there was more mileage in those and that we could do so much more to get those stories out there. And the original plan for that was we'd actually hired um, a writer to work with us to turn those into short case studies. Rather than just putting a transcript or anything like that, we we were repurposing those episodes into case studies that we would use in our marketing that we'd maybe publish some as blog posts. Mm-hmm. And we'd had... I think we had all the ones from the first season done and we'd had, we've had them for like a year or two. We just never gotten around to actually, <laughs> to actually using them in our marketing. Um, and we didn't want to just like, just stick them in a PDF or just put them on a, a blog post. We wanted yeah. to do something good with them. Right. Mm-hmm. So completely separate to the whole process or, or plan to write a book. We'd also, um, we'd gone back to the, the same person we worked with on the first season turning those into case studies to get her to do season two and season three. And when they came back and we were looking through them, we were kind of like, this is actually, this would be a good concept for a book. We had had 30, I think it's 30 or 31, maybe even more, um, real interesting stories. And these case studies were only really scratching the surface. So we thought we'll just compile them into a PDF. We'll use it as a as an ebook, a giveaway. Um, but we're like, you know what? There's there's so much more we can do with this. We can take this so much further, and that's where we we decided that actually this this will make for a fantastic book, and we could probably get it together in time for the event to have that special secret reveal. Um, but also we could create something that not only like got these stories out in more detail to more people um but would also enable us to create something that that was a little bit like you know um the ask gary v book which i think he was repurposed from his from his podcast the Mm -hmm. um, tools of titans by um by tim ferris Mm -hmm. which again was repurposed from his we really dug the idea of having a book that was a bit like that, where you could dip in and dip out. You didn't have to read a chapter to chapter. If you're, you know, if you're having a, a, a cup of tea or yeah, as many do, you're having a bathroom <laughs> break and you need a bit of reading with you. We just liked the idea of someone being able to just spend 10 minutes with our book and actually get some real 
value out of that without needing to set aside the afternoon to read the rest or a book where people might scribble notes or you know put little post-it notes or book like you know take photographs of pages because it had inspiration and ideas we really dug the idea of doing that and Mm. we realized that when we were looking at these case studies that this that was such a great starting point for what for what we could do to take those further and to to expand on those and turn it into a book. So so basically, you were at the point where you were trying to write the book that was going to go out at the event. Mm. Um, and then it all just naturally happened that you sat there with all these case studies in front of you that are so well written. And you think, whoa, actually, let's change. Let's change approach, yeah. because this this is our book. We're holding our book in our hands. We've got all these case studies. Yeah, exactly, mm, exactly. Okay. So that that original plan for the book um, would have been a little more in keeping with the theme of the of the event. Yeah. Um, but just just the amount of work that would be needed in creating all that material from scratch, um, we wouldn't have been able to 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 do it justice. We wouldn't have been able to write the book we wanted to write. Um, and, you know, at the same time, as we said, we, we'd already been trying to explore ways in which we could we could extract and, and, and tap into the stories from the Behind the Membership podcast in a in a better way, because there's so much gold and value in in those podcasts. There really, really is. Um, you know, these are people from all sorts of different backgrounds with all sorts of different journeys, um, lots of real useful tactical info, and not everybody listens to podcasts. No, and no. especially when it's seasonal, it's it's obviously, you know, you, you get 10 weeks worth and then you've got the rest of the year until the next thing. So there was so much value within that content but it was locked down in just the podcast and actually seeing that that initial iteration of, okay, well, what happens if we actually try and tell these stories um, as words on on a page? Um, that that was that spark. It, there was still a lot of work to do after that. Um, I think overall, we probably trebled, tripled the, <laughs> uh, the, the word count from from what those case studies those case studies were written to be articles on a website or emails we sent to our list they weren't they weren't written as chapters in a book so we had to rework a lot of that that those original case studies and expand on them with a lot of original materials uh kind of taking some of the the big takeaways further and giving our take on them and our input um or just a little bit more exposition um into into kind of the situations that people were talking about so we still had to put a lot of work into it but um we were able to kind of fast forward through a lot of the ideation a lot of the the initial kind of framework that you have to put into a book and we already had such a solid starting point in that that came from repurposing that podcast content and a question that i wanted to ask you so um you mentioned that in the form that you had back from your writer uh, you obviously added loads to it as you just mentioned but originally it was going to be more for uh, like case studies on the website emails things like that yeah. so have you or do you plan to still do that repurposing are you still going to put some of these as say blog posts or articles on your website and send out to emails membership content or are you going to keep this more firmly as a podcast and a book now 
I've got a feeling that we we probably won't publish any of the the like the case studies, the original case studies, or even the the chapters in the book that they turned into. We probably won't put them out as blog posts, but I would never say never on that front. What we're more likely to do is um is cherry pick maybe like ten top takeaways from um the behind the membership book and actually put those out into a blog post um in fact i think we already did that for season one of the the podcast so we were able to just grab different quotes or different different takeaways from each episode i think for season one of the show um which we've not yet done with season two and three but if we were to do that now we actually have we have a a a better base of content to pull that from we're no longer we don't then have to get them try like go the transcripts and then try and pass that into into um a format that's you know suited to a blog so we might we might do that as well it's always a little tricky i remember the very first book i wrote back in 2012 which was um just it was a more broad kind of marketing book and that was like 101 top tips it it wasn't ever meant to be a proper book it started as a blog post that got out of hand um and i I remember with that finding i thought it would be really easy to then repurpose i was repurposing back in 2012 are you proud of me (laughs) yeah i'm really proud it's wonderful (laughs) (laughs) i was um I thought it would be really easy with 101 essentially standalone chapters in a book to be able to repurpose them into blog posts. But I actually found it a little challenging in choosing which ones to do and also kind of making sure there's enough variety and it lined up with other content that was going out in the blog and stuff. So I don't know if it would be the same in trying to repurpose from the, the book and the podcast to blog posts. So I'm not sure. But it's it's nice knowing I think now if we decide to do that, we've got – I think it'll be easier to do it because I think sometimes making the leap from audio to written, um, personally, I find it it can be challenging because you don't write as you speak and you don't speak as you write most no. of the time. But now we've now we've kind of closed that gap a little bit. Then I I feel it'll be easier to spin some of the stuff that's being created for the book into um, other written formats than it would be if we were just looking for other ways of just using the the audio yeah completely agree i always say that that when you take video or audio content and get that into written content it just opens up a a whole new world of repurposing opportunities because it's not just there you can wordsmith this into um another article you can wordsmith it into an email you can wordsmith it into social media posts and all kinds of things like that so there's just so much more you can do when you put it into written format isn't there um i I really love what you did because i think that there's so much effort that went into all these wonderful interviews that callie did on the podcast and then the book as you said it's a little bit it, it's the kind of book that you can just pick up and you can be inspired because it's actually story. So it's not a heavy, hard hitting kind of implementable, you know, uh, resource, you know, like resource and textbook type book, is it? It's stories that are inspiring, but also provide you with guidance and advice and and the ups and downs as well. It's just what people want to kind of pick up and they can either you can read from start to finish or, as you said, um, more just pick up and read sections when you when you choose to. Whose story do you want to find out about today? And some people will have loved the podcast and be so pleased that 
blowed up with the book because they love the podcast and now they've got the book version and like you said some people just don't listen to podcasts and so now it's like oh great you know I, I, I never could get into listening to the podcast but this is me this is what I want too so it's that's yeah. the beauty of repurposing <laughs> um, yeah definitely, well, definitely. Well, so when we um when I got in touch with you and said hey I was so like amazed at that wonderful book that you did and how it was repurposed from the podcast and everything. And you said to me, well, um, that is one story of how cool we are <laughs> at repurposing. Well, I have another cool story about <laughs> repurposing. So you said that um, this isn't the first time that you have uh, used repurposing for your books because you've got two other books as well, haven't you? So yeah, um, yeah. What was the story with those from the so- the first one, as I said, it was kind of, yeah. uh, it doesn't really count as repurposing, I guess, <laughs> because um, yeah, it, it did start as a blog post um, that I was just writing like one tip at a time on my iPad. Um, when I very first got an iPad, and I was convinced that my entire business could now be operated from an iPad. <laughs> um, and yeah, that so it was kind of blog posts that turned into something else, um, which I then, I did a lot of repurposing from that. But uh, the second book, which I wrote with, with Cali. Um, and actually I've, I've got to say, you know, I'm, I'm talking about all the, all this great work that we did with, with the book as though I was like the master of it in no way, shape or form was I the driving force with it. Cali did so much, like she did all the heavy lifting with the book. Um, obviously we planned and we strategized it together. She didn't just like turn up one day and say, okay, I've just <laughs> wrote this book. Um, but you know, she, she did so much like the, definitely the lion's share and then some um of all uh, of all this uh recent book yeah um, the second book was definitely much more collaborative and it started life as uh, a challenge so it was a an email challenge that we used as part of the initial launch of membership academy which is is our membership of our memberships like when we were starting out we didn't have that big an audience so we started blogging, we started podcasting in the June or the July of 2015 under the Membership Guys brand because we've been running an agency before then and not really putting out too much content. Um, and then we launched our, our product at the end of August. So it was a very, very short window of time that we'd given ourselves to to build our email list. So we used a, a challenge as a way of accelerating that. It was a 30-day challenge so build your membership site in 30 days and it was designed as a step-by-step daily email uh, challenge that you would receive that would help you to piece everything together to get a a simple membership up and running at the end of those 30 days so it was quite it was quite meaty and you know some challenges you do they don't really have much of a tangible outcome Mm -hmm. this date like 80 percent of people who come into our world what they want to be able to know how to do first and foremost is start a membership. Yeah. And so this, this kind of knocked down that kind of big uh, hurdle that so many people wanted. So again, it was one of those things that once we were launched, so we used, we used that as a lead in for the launch of the product. Then once it was launched, we were like, what do we do with this now? Like this, <laughs> it's it's a wealth of content. It was all written content. There was some video in there, some like obviously some diagrams, some text up, but there was so much written material in there. I think it was somewhere around about twenty to thirty thousand words, um, minimum, easily minimum, and a lot of a lot of like 
kind of workbooks and activities to go with them. So like it, it was, it was a rich um, yeah. source of content. So we'd originally kind of put that challenges into our membership as just an extra little course that was in there. And we thought nothing more of it. Um, until we started actually getting some people kind of saying, oh, you know, are you planning on doing this challenge again? Rah, 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 rah. So we started looking at, OK, well, we don't want to we don't want to run the challenge in real time like we previously did because uh, we were we were running the membership. Yeah. Day to day. So actually facilitating a, a real time challenge wasn't something we we then want to do. But that got us on the, the line of thinking, OK, well, how can we? get more value from this? How can we put this to better use and how can we um, put this in a format that is accessible to more people? Um, and we, we landed on on a book. Uh, so this was 2016, I think. We probably overestimated how much we had to work with. So like I say it was maybe about 20,000 words possibly, might have been a little bit less. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't make for a very big book. Like it really doesn't. We see some people that bring our books, and it's basically like, dude, you might not, you might not bother. This, this is a, this is a leaflet. Like, yeah. This isn't a book. This is a leaflet. This could have just been a free PDF. And we didn't want to do that. Um, so we actually, we filled in a lot of the gaps, and we actually repurposed a lot of blog content to to complement the the email challenges. Yeah. So some of the, a lot of the chapters in the book, part of it started life as, as the email challenge, but actually maybe that day's email was just a paragraph or two and it was more about the activity. And so we then supplemented it with, with blog content and that blog content for the most part was just like for like that wasn't remixed. That was, that was put in there as pretty much as it was on the blog. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, in, in kind of doing that and obviously, I would probably say it was about 40% the original email challenge, maybe about 40% blog content and 20% originally written content just for the book. Yeah. And the end result was a, a decent sized book that's that's done quite well and has gone down as quite popular. And um, yeah, kind of give us our our first little joint publication there. No, it's really, it's, it's such a cool story. And um, I often say, that you should always create content with repurposing in mind and don't let repurposing be an afterthought and things like that. But I also think that you need to just always be really open-minded and quite, you know, like agile with your content and how you perceive it and, and the value of it and what you can do with it. And I think this is just such a good example that you knew you were sitting on something really good here and you knew you could make so much more from it. And it's all about make, getting back the time and effort that you put in, isn't it? And and yeah. and it's so cool that you, you know, you just kind of recognize that and you thought, right, what can we do? And then through the combination of the, the great content for the challenge combined with right where are our gaps okay well we can fill loads of those gaps with all these really good blog posts that we put lots of effort into it really help people and then some of the gaps will fill with new content and I'm sure you're probably going to say that even the new content that you created for the book you probably repurposed that into blog posts and things I've like that I've got a well. feeling that yeah, yeah I've got a feeling that we most did most likely yeah exactly yeah, and and since mm-hmm. then you know we've um like we've, uh, when it comes to our membership, uh, there's we we've since kind of brought out a, a new kind of almost flagship course within the membership, which is centered around that initial 
startup stage of getting the memberships mm-hmm. I started, which is the same topic as the book. So when it came time for us to create that, we were then able to turn to the book as a as a um, a reference point for making sure we had all the bases covered in inside the membership as well. So obviously the course goes way further than the book does, but we were able to take some parts of what we wrote as original content for the book and use that as a starting point to then flesh out further. I think I think it's for us what we all what we always have to keep in mind with our business is for a large part we are a content business. Yeah. We make we make money from selling content and we market that product through content. So we use we, we use free content to market paid content. But the problem yeah. with with that model is that there's a real danger of there being too much free content out there. If someone's overwhelmed with your free content, they're never going to to pay to access premium content. And so we're always very, very wary of putting out too much stuff. And definitely those early days, I think, you know, we, we always had that impression, that opinion of, okay, well, we can't have, if I, I put a blog post out on this topic, then this, the, like we can't then cover that same topic in the podcast because that means we've got two pieces of content on the same, the same topic. Um, and so, you know, what can, what can we do to get it like to get around that? Um, and we've kind of been mindful of, of that sort of thing of not just having like so much duplication or, you know, a lot of different, like a, a, a lot of stuff um, mm. that just makes it harder for people to get to the actual real value and also makes it less likely that they'll come and they'll, they'll join the membership. So that has driven us to be more, uh, to be more conscious of repurposing opportunities yeah. to, to make sure that, you know, instead of having a, a, a podcast that's its own piece of content about one topic and then a, a blog post that touches on a similar topic, but they're not, they're not the same. And then a video that is sort of similar. And so, you know, if someone asks a question, you've got to direct them to three different places instead, you know, how can we actually create like a, a blog post where we could also embed the podcast, where we could also embed the video and all that sort of stuff. Um, because yeah, that, that makes it, less noisy on the free content, which clears the way a little bit more for the membership, but it's, it's a tricky balance. And I think repurposing helps us like tread that line a little bit. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. That's the approach that we take where, um, you know, when people, so for example, this podcast episode, people can enjoy it through listening or we'll write a long form, decent write up of what we've discussed and we just put it together. So and we say, this is what you're going to get from this content. Read on if you want to read, click play if you want to listen. Um, And just, you know, and I usually do a video as well, just a short video explaining um some of the key learning points and that kind of thing because i agree if it it's one place but, but consume the same you know type of message and content and get to the value in the way that that best suits you but keeping things a bit more in a in the similar place on our our website although you know different challenges we, we don't lead on to the membership of course but mm-hmm. um similar kind of ethos um i think i love the stories that you shared of how you had all this great content and on multiple occasions now so you've been able to create these really good books i think it just goes to show as well and i say this a lot that um although 
as I said, create content often with repurposing in mind. Sometimes it's not always the case because you need to just constantly have your eyes open and be willing to, um, re, you know, pivot and change and repurpose because you just don't know what opportunities are going to present. Mm. But I don't, I think my point always is that you should focus on quality to begin with because none of this would have been possible if you guys didn't focus on quality to begin with. So those, all those episodes um, of uh, the guest interviews about membership site owners that became the book were all high quality to begin with which is why they repurposed like a dream into a really really good book and then the challenge really good quality or the blog post I think it all comes down to if it's really good quality content there's so much more opportunities than just um not putting as much effort into that first original piece just oh, I'll do 10 blog posts this week um and then and then you find that well actually they're not that easy to repurpose because they're not that high quality and there's yeah. not that much thought put into well, it. It's, yeah. It, it's like that thing, you know, it's it's a bit crass, but you know, mm. when people say you can't polish a turd, um, <laughs> you know, you could you you could mold a turd into the shape of a of a ball, or mold a turd <laughs> into the shape of a square. It's still a turd. Still a turd, yeah. Right? <laughs> so it doesn't if if the source material is rubbish, it doesn't matter how you shape it or how you present it it's it's still a turd yeah. so um yeah i think i think yeah yeah absolutely absolutely right now i don't think honestly we've ever created a single and this might be contrary to to mm-hmm. how you would advise us to approach it but i don't think we've ever created something with repurposing in mind later on um i do that a little more these days with the podcast because now um you know you've you've extolled the, the deeper virtues of of, podcast, mm-hmm. of of repurposing to me, so I'm now more just more mindful of it. I do it with the podcast, but the challenge was never created with a, a, a thought process of, oh, well, if we make this good, we could repurpose this later. Yeah. Um, the, behind the membership was never done with a, a thought process of, uh, you know, one day this might make for a good case study. Um, we just, yeah, we, we, we set out to make it the best version of, of what it was without – worrying too much about the format it was in and without it being a, you know, we weren't setting out to make the best podcast. We were setting out to tell the best stories. Yeah. We don't set out to create the best blog post. We set out to create the best answer to a question, the best solution to a problem. And I think that taking that broader view and, and recognizing that we set aside whether blogs, videos, podcasts, courses, or memberships, coaches or you know service business whatever like when we strip everything away at the core all of us in business literally every single person in business all we do is solve problems that is we are all in the in the business of providing solutions to a problem and i think having that mindset with your content like not you're not writing a broad post. You are creating a solution to someone's problem. And for some people, the problem is just, I don't know the answer to this thing. I don't know how to do this thing. And your post, your podcast, your video is the solution. And that's it. But if you if you think of things, in my opinion anyway, certainly how we do it, if you think of things in that, that way and that context, then I think it makes what you create inherently repurposable because it's not locked in to a particular format. That the format it gets published in is just the first format it's published in. 
yeah. it's the starting point and then you leave yourself room to take it even further and i think the other thing i would say definitely for us um that we probably um realized relatively early on when we started repurposing blog posts into podcasts podcasts into blog posts and whatever is i think sometimes people think of repurposing as um a, a means of being lazy like of being able to oh i can get a podcast episode out this week without really having to put any effort or oh, i can't be bothered to do a blog post this week so what i'll do is i'll just i'll get a transcript mm-hmm. um and you know I'll ch- I'll just rejig it a little bit or I'll just post it as is, and they, I think looking at it as this is just a, a low effort thing as opposed to this is this is a way of extracting more value from content we've already created, um, and literally giving it additional purpose. I, I think that that was the mindset shift we had to to recognize, and I think when we talk about the book, yes, it was repurposed. But we also had to put a lot of original content in and um, and reshape some of the the original iteration of what was repurposed. We had to expand on it. We had to put some thought into it. And certainly in those very early days, um, we we tripped up a couple of times on that, and the end result was was rubbish. But it's just a, it's it's always offering that starting point, isn't it? It's um and then and then you you morph it into the the new way that you're going to solve that problem in a different format. Oh, I totally agree with you. And um, it's so funny. Um, oh, just leaving on this, but saying that everything you said, I couldn't agree with you more. And I recently saw a post in a Facebook group. I think it was the Podcast Movement Facebook group, and somebody asked the question, "Should I repurpose my podcast?" And someone has replied. With repurposing is the laziest thing um anyone could do or something like that you know it's so lazy you don't know how anyone could do it and you know when um i probably had a a million responses to that and a long you know a long that was one of those where you just think i am going to walk away from this and the thing is you know what it is it is if that is if that is the way you use repurposing yeah. in your business then it is the laziest thing you possibly yeah. can but that's yeah. a that's a choice yeah. you choose to do it as an alternative to doing hard work but i always like your the example you use of lay maze um which you know how many different ways has that been uh, has that been put out there you've got the the, the movie you've got books you've got the stage show mm. um and even kind of the opportunities for other people to then latch on a little bit of that and you get parodies and all that sort of stuff. Like it, it's, it's all about your, your mindset. And I do think now when you see, a, you, you, and you will notice it certainly more than me, there's, as you get with any industry, you start getting people cropping up, representing the topic in the wrong way. And when they advise you to do repurposing, what they're really encouraging you to do is to phone it in and to, to you know, use uh, a bit of software as a substitute for actually putting some thought into the content you create. Um, so you're probably going to see more and more people be like, oh, well, repurposing. Yeah, it's real cool. I just press this button. And then yeah, can, exactly. And repurposing. Yeah. But there's a, there's a real... There's this thought and this strategy. It's it's it, you know it's it's stuff you're putting out there to represent your business. So you shouldn't be taking the lazy approach. So yeah, I would have gone 
Did you go off on that guy in the Facebook group or did you just leave it? I, I, uh, I completely left it. Um, it's one of those where, it's one of those where, do I let this person on the internet who I don't know uh, take up, you know, a lot of my time but, and, and kind of make a post? You know, like you just kind of think, oh, do I just get yeah. on with my day? <laughs> you've, got to, you've, got to, yeah. you've got to pick a hill to die on. You yeah, have exactly, uh, yeah. yeah. And like you said, it's just you know, it's, it's different definitions and and all of that. But um, yeah, no, I think we both sing from the same hymn sheet. And um, thank you so much for coming back on the show, Mike. Second time returning, I've only had two people come back on twice before. So, um, so yeah, yeah. I'm thinking I might be in the first. <laughs> oh, sorry. I think that I think I got Ian Anderson Gray back on when I wanted okay. to jump into uh, the world of LinkedIn Live, um, and uh, we, I got him off that week. Okay. Yeah, That's so okay. it was a good guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so right, we should we should um, stick a pin in it there because we could talk forever, couldn't we? So um, I mean, I'll put obviously links to all of your uh, your website and where everyone can find you on social and all of that in the show notes but for anyone listening right now who perhaps show notes isn't their thing <laughs> um where should the where can people go just to, where was the one place you would send people to yeah um, head on over to the membership guys.com we've got all sorts of cool free resources there as well as links off to other ways uh in which you can connect with us um but yeah the membership guys.com you'll find our podcast blog and all that good stuff on that website wonderful all right that's great thanks mike thanks for being a great guest again i really appreciate it and thank you to everybody who's listened to this week's episode of the content 10x podcast i'm sure you got loads from it and i'm sure everyone is now inspired to go and look at their content and see if they have a book to create as well so thanks mike it's been great thank you for having me on it's always fun getting the chat repurposing content and all that good stuff with you thank you